Hi and welcome to this Champions League podcast. I'm Oscar and I'm joined, as usual, by my co-host. Hello, I'm Daniel. And we're here today to talk about the round of 16. And uh, let's start off with going through what happened in the first leg. And we're going to start off with Atalanta versus Valencia. Now this game finished four goals to one to Atalanta. And... It, w- it did not <laughs> go as I, as I thought going into this. Because we had two teams with a very <laughs> weak defensive, which was weird to see. Valencia was almost standing still when defending, absolutely, in the start of the game. And while Atalanta wasn't doing that, they were almost naive in how to defend when, when they pushed up. And it's like, it, it got so many chances early in the game. But it stayed nil-nil for for a bit anyway, until the right wing back of Atalanta called Hatteboa scored a one-nil. And all in all, I would say it was it was fair at the time, but it was still an even game, and you know everything could happen. Didn't take long though until Ilicic scored two-nil, and that remained the the result for for that half. And at this time, you started to wonder. What is Valencia going to do? Because they have not been good enough. And it's been kind of a rough game. And it's still... Their defense is just lackluster. And you don't know what's happening. So we jump into the the third half. And... It doesn't change. Valencia still standing still. Atalanta still running all over them. And sure enough, 3-0. And 4-0. Again, Hatteboa scored 4-0. Which actually put him... Uh, split top with Pasalic uh, in the team's uh, goal scoring so far in the Champions League. And yeah, 4-0. Valencia does their first substitute in with Sheryshev. And before they even announced the, the, uh, the change on the TV screen, uh, Sheryshev has scored 4-1. And after that, it was all Valencia, the rest of the game. But yeah, kept 4-1. So let's just move on and look at the second leg that's going to be played on the 10th of March. Now, if you look on the injury list, we're going to start with the home team, Valencia. They have four players out. We're going to start with Cristiano Piccini, which is out with the fractured kneecap, which has also missed the last game. And he's apparently back in training, but being gone since... I believe August, September, something like that. It's still going to be a while before he's back, I think. Moving on, we have Manu Vallejo, uh, also uh, with a sprained ankle, also back in training. So, yeah, I don't know how long he's been out, though. So, yeah. Uh, we also have Eliakim Eli- Mangala. Sorry about that. Hamstring injury. He's supposedly back in mid-March. So he, he might be back for the game. It's right on the edge if he's going to be ready or not. And finally, we have Maxi Gomez, their best striker, out with a broken foot until the early of April. Now, Atalanta, they missed two players that started the game against Valencia. Two centre-backs, one called Berat Jimsiti, out of the hip injury, which we don't know when he'll be back. And Rafael Toloi, out with a muscle injury till mid-March. So he might also maybe make an appearance. It's going to be right off the edge. 
But yeah, talking about that, let's go into the predictions. Now, I've been talking a lot, so why don't you get us on the way here? Oh, yeah. I'm predicting a little bit weird, but I'm going with it. I'm going with 2-2. Two, two. All right. Because so you we... think Valencia will be... Oh, sorry, Atalanta will be able to make it through? Yeah, and the reason why I'm giving Valencia two goals is because they're home. Otherwise, I wouldn't give them that many goals. And Atlanta can yeah, score. I, I, Atlanta can score. We have seen that. Yeah. Yeah, we've seen it in Serie A as well, where they're the top goal-scoring team this season so far. So, yeah. But I'm actually going to follow your idea a little bit, but I'm going to go 1-1. One, one. Both teams were so bad defensively last time that I think neither of them will be that bad this time around. And yeah, Valencia is going to be better because it's home. But no, not enough. Yeah, so a draw from both of us. Yes. Moving on to Tottenham against Leipzig. The Leipzig started best, actually shocking Tottenham, and Lloris had to make a lot of saves in the beginning for a lot of times and Tottenham just had some small chances back and forward just counter-attacking for the first half actually it was most of the most of the half was like that and moving into the second half kind of early in the half Davis in Tottenham fouled uh, Leimer in the penalty area and Leipzig got a penalty kick from it and the match only goal actually happened from that. Timo Werner from the spot. But, but after that, the match kind of changed and it went back and forwards. A little bo- more, bit more aged Tottenham, but the goalies were excellent and really made a really good match. But uh, Tottenham never got really, really close. Just one or two shot, really good shots, but the rest didn't really hold uh, the measure for uh, to score against Leipzig's ex- excellent goalkeeper. Can't remember his name, sadly. So, yeah, sh- yeah sh- uh, Gulash. Now moving on to the second leg, let's check the injury situation in the teams. Starting with Leipzig, they have Ibrahim Konate away with a torn muscle f- fiber. He's supposed to be back mid-March. We have William Orban with a knee injury, supposed to be back early April. And we have Kevin Campbell with an ankle injury. And we have no idea when he's back. And also Tyler Adams with a calf injury, also unknown to be, uh, when he's back. And that way team Tottenham, we have Son with a fractured arm, unknown when he's back. We have Harry Kane with a hamstring injury, mid-April. We have Musa Sissoko with a knee injury mid-April also there. And we have Hugo Lloris with a groin injury. According to the sources, he has about 75% chance of playing the match. So if we move on to the prediction part of this thing, let's start with your prediction. Yeah, unlike in the last season when Tottenham went off to Dortmund, they actually played really, really well in uh, in Germany and managed to grind out. Uh, actually, they won, I believe, in Germany to book their, their place. I don't think that will happen. 
I'm actually going for a Leipzig win. Two goals to nil. Oh. Leipzig has been looking really strong in Bundesliga. And I think they're really strong at home. So, And without their two best goal scorers in, uh, in Son and, K- and Kane. I don't see I don't see Tottenham scoring. And now comes the fun part. I'm also going with 2-0 for Leipzig. Because mm. I don't either believe that Tottenham will be able to score in this one. I have a really hard time seeing that coming. Then it has to come from nowhere. Yeah. Because Leipzig looked really good in the, uh, at least in the beginning of the match. They shocked Tottenham in a lot of ways. And they were almost impossible stop if it weren't for Luris uh, Leipzig would have been leading with about four to zero in the after the first half so yeah I really hope uh, I really hope now looking at the next game that's going to be played it's PSG Dortmund so let's start by going back to the first leg of that game which was played in Dortmund and going into this I thought PSG was going to win and look at the start of the game, it felt like I was going right because PSG started best, but they had one problem. Neymar played left wing uh, through through the first half, and at right back, Dortmund had a certain Lukas Piszczek. I believe he's like 34 at the time, uh, or right now. And surprisingly, it was like Piszczek had Neymar in his back pocket. Neymar. Although he had a he had the ball quite a lot, and he had it a lot like halfway through Dortmund's half, but he never really got into the dangerous positions because as soon as he went out to attack on his flank, he would he would lose the ball to Pistrek. So an unexpected unexpected win <laughs> for the uh, for the elder right there, and just. A difficult game, a hard game, very very physical game. Another surprise, Dortmund's midfield. They had Emre Can and Witzel there alongside uh, against three in its centre midfielders of PSG's. And still, it was Dortmund's midfield that was the better. But just even this, like Pistek, really good against Neymar. Midfield, really well working, but it was still... PSG creating chances, Dortmund getting up every now and then, but still just PSG hammering on. But they made it to halftime, nil-nil, start of second, Neymar moves a little bit more centrally, and it just ramps up. The first 15 minutes of the second half is even more just PSG, PSG, PSG. And then counter-attack. Dortmund shot which the goalkeeper spills and Holland is there to score his ninth goal of the Champions League season and it's one nil to Dortmund. And they've been up, they've had some chances. Uh Sancho and, and Holland both had some chances in the first half, but it was the first real opportunity and, and it's one 0 Now this wasn't long lived. About five minutes later, Sagadu, centre back in Dortmund, falls while he tries to clear the ball. Ball drops to Mbappe, which has been pretty much invisible until this point. He just squares it right into the middle of the penalty area. Neymar comes there, 1-1. And it's all back to square one. And then we jump another five minutes ahead of time. And 
a 17 year old called Giovanni Reina. Let's come online. Come online. Come on. On field for Dortmund. Gives the ball to Holland, which from outside the box, unleashes, I think, the hardest shot I've ever seen in a professional football game. And it's 2 1 to Dortmund. And it's in the goal before the goalkeeper, Bellis, even reacted that he hit the ball, which is just <laughs> unseen. Holland, oh, yeah, 10 goals in, what is that, seven games in champion, his first Champions League season. And yeah, Dortmund 2 1 win. Ne- Neymar had a ball in the pretty much. Uh, high post, almost bar, right after. Again, less than five minutes after. Could have been 2-2. Wasn't, in the end, yeah. A hard 4-2-1 win victory for Dortmund. But now, looking on till the next game, played in Paris. Let's look at the injuries and the suspensions, because we have some of those for the first time. We're going to start off with PSG, and they have Thiago Silva out with a hamstring injury. Set for a few days. Now, so he might be ready for this game. Or he might not. We, we don't know. At the time of recording, we don't know. They also have Ander Herrera out with a hamstring injury as well. But out until late April. They also have yellow card suspensions for both Thomas Mounier and Marco Verratti. So, there's, they're losing some important pieces, I think, of this team. Now looking at Dortmund, they are missing Marco Royce out with a groin injury, supposed to be back in early March. Thomas Delaney with an ankle injury, supposedly day to day. He might be back for the game or not, but he didn't play in last game. I don't know if he if he would play even if he was ready. And last we have Max Hummels out with a head injury. And we don't know when it's going to be back. And I think that is the heaviest loss for Dortmund right there. But yeah, that's going into that. Why not hear what you think will happen? Oh yeah, I'm going with a 1-1 draw. You think even at the Parc de Prince, Dortmund will be able to go through? Yeah, I actually think they will. Yeah, last time. This very game, you were spot on in 2-1 to Dortmund. So why not? (laughs) Sadly, though, still being a Dortmund fan, I don't see it happening, sadly. I think PSG is going to win this 3-1. They were surprisingly sloppy in Germany, going offensively, hitting those, trying to score goals, and I can't see them doing that again. So, yeah. So, we're going with two different teams that goes through this match now. Yeah. The first time, actually, in the, in the, so far. Moving on to the next match. It's the match between Atletico and Liverpool. And after, already after four minutes, actually, Atletico Madrid score 1-0. And that, that's the goal for the match. Saul scored it. And uh, uh, after that... It was a match of misses of the goals. It was two shots on goal for the whole match, and both were for Atletico. Rest of them were off off target. But Liverpool actually 
played way better in possession, at least, with 70 or, or I mean 67% of the possession. But we're totally unable to get more than, according to me, one good chance on goal that wasn't offside. And that was a uh, header from Salah. So in, it was a really weird match in that way. It just went kind of back and forward. Liverpool had a more ball, like I said. And really nobody seemed to be able to hit the target. And yeah, that's really is for that match. It didn't happen a lot more than that goal in any way. And if we move on to the second match then, that will be the return match in Liverpool. Let's check the injury list. We have Jordan Henderson with a hamstring injury. He's supposed to be back mid-March. We have Alisson, that's a really bad one, with a muscle injury, also mid-March. We have Nabi Keita with a hip injury. He's supposed to be about 75% chance of playing. We have Sedan Shakiri with a calf injury. Unknown when he's back. And for the away team, Atletico Madrid, we have Thomas Lemar. That is gone with a muscle injury and it's unknown when he's back. And to make the to check the fun part of this, Daniel, what do you think about the match? How will it end? Well, I had one uh, score before I saw that Alisson went injured. Then I saw that, and that changed it. Uh, because he is way better than Adrian, which I'm guessing is going to be Liverpool's goalkeeper now. So I'm going for a 2-1. to one. I was going to go for a 2-0 to zero to Liverpool, but I don't think Adrian can can keep it uh, keep it tight, and that would actually mean that Atletico Madrid goes through on away goals, if that is truly the finishing. So for me, I think Atleti actually goes through. Yeah, and I have to say that I think that the goalies will actually have to work in this match for once, between in this match uh, matching, and yeah, I'm actually going with. Uh, three to one for Liverpool. Which put which put them through in, instead. I don't. I doubt yeah. that Liverpool will be able to be as ineffective as the last match. It's almost. Yeah, it's actually technically impossible. <laughs> yeah, the problem is then, uh, Atletico Madrid has one of the world's best goalkeepers in yeah. Jan Oblak. So. Will they be able to score? Like, will they be be able to score two past him? Even yeah. that is, you know, it's not easy. So, but they have one of the world's best offensive, so they really should be able to. So, yeah, it yeah. will be a real slugger match there. It all depends on that match, I think, because Atletico is going to score. I, I think that at least. Yeah, and it will all be up what it, what happened with Liverpool's offensive. Like, it was total. All right, let's jump on to the 17th of March and the next game, which is Juventus versus Lyon. Now, the first game started out with Juventus. Just Juventus. And they just... Lyon was sitting very defensively. 
and just pretty much putting everybody behind the ball, except I think the two strikers, which is a little bit more freely to to pressure or to uh, try to run in behind. But yeah, just Juventus without really creating something, but they still commanded the game for definitely. Then around the 30th minute, I think, a corner for Juventus. Matthijs de Ligt goes up to try to head the ball. And I don't know quite how, but he ends up with a quite nasty blow to his head, which actually forces him to have quite a bit of blood uh, forcing out his head. So he's forced off field while the game continues. And while he's uh, on the side... Leon scores 1-0. Defensive midfielder Lucas Tussar scores his first goal in the Champions League. And pretty much out of nowhere. Leon has started to fight in the through the game at this point while Delict was on the sidelines, but it was still a little bit out of nowhere. And uh, it was one of the few really big chances they had in this game. And so, yeah, Delict comes back on. And goes back to normal. Juventus start pressuring, but then it's half time. So in comes the second half, and this is forty-five minutes of Juventus pressure. Leon barely gets out of their own half in the entire forty-five minutes, but it doesn't help. They don't manage to get a goal on Leon. They're going to lose one nil. Dubala was their best player. He he started. He uh, he was the one most difficult for the Leon defense to take care of. He was way more dangerous than Ronaldo in this game. But yeah, it wasn't good enough. Now looking at the return leg and injuries, and we look at the home team Juventus. They don't actually have a single injury to worry about, so that makes them look strong. While Leon still missed their top goal scorer, Memphis Depay, out with a crucial ligament rupture until the mid of May is the new date right now. And also Jeff Rene Adelaide, also with a crucial, crucial ligament rupture, also mid May. But yeah, what do you think of this return leg? Yeah, I, I'm counting out Leon totally. I'm going with a 2 0 for Juventus here. They, they, this won't happen again. Like Juventus will score. Yeah, I agree with that. Actually, uh, shows the exact same two 0 Oh wow! Yeah, <laughs> it was kind of lucky in the way Leon got our goal against Juventus, and yeah, at at home, I don't see Juventus being that bad in front of goal like they were. Still in Leon, so yeah. Oh, Leon isn't supposed to be able to beat a team like Juventus. No. Although I gotta say, at the time of recording, parts of northern Italy has been shut down because of the coronavirus. And I don't know. I haven't actually checked up the entire geography of if uh, Juventus themselves are inside or Turin. Is inside this shutdown part of Italy, so maybe they'll play in Turin. Maybe have to move the game at the time of recording. We don't know, but yeah, time will tell. I guess they have a full week 
before the game. So, yeah. We'll know definitely more about that. Moving on to the next match. It's the match between Real Madrid and Manchester City. The first half was a really close one, in my opinion. It went back and forward, kind of back and forward. No, no goal, uh, goals in the first half. But this was a really even half in that way. We had to wait for the second half to get a goal. After 60 minutes, Isco scores for Real Madrid. A really ni nice shot. But in the second half, sa kind of same match in that way. And we got a goal for City in the 78 minutes from Gabriel Jesus. And in the 83rd, we got a penalty shot. And Kevin De Bruyne scored 2-1 to one for Manchester City. And the match kept on going. And in the 86th minute, Sergio Ramos gets a red card. And will be gone for the next match. That's how the match ended. And it was a really close one. Any team could have won in my opinion. But if we look on the return match in Manchester. Let's start with their injuries for Manchester. Laporte with a hamstring injury is supposed to be back early April. Kevin De Bruyne with a shoulder injury and has about 75% chance of playing this match. We have Leroy Sané with a knee injury. He's supposed to be back in training. And for the away team we have that is gone with injuries Marco Alonso with a cruciate ligament rupture. He's supposed to be back late March. And we have Eden Hazard with a broken ankle and is supposed to be back early April. And as I said before, Sergio Ramos is away with a, because of a red card. So, for the prediction part of this, what do you think, Daniel? Well, Man City got a very important away win. And I don't think there will be any less uh, fighting at home. I'm going to go for the same result, 2-1 to Man City. Okay, and I'm going for 3-2 for Manchester City. Hmm. I think they will so, do a lot more scoring in this one. Yeah, but still City to go through. Yeah, and uh, I, I really think they will, even if Ederson has been a little bit shaky, to say the least, in the league. In the last ma few matches. But yeah. Then Manchester City will go through for both of us. Yeah. Now let's move on to the last day of uh, fixtures for the round of 16. And I start off with Bayern München versus Chelsea. Now in the first game. It started out with quite a bit of Bayern pressure. As expected. They are the team that is supposed to be going through here. And if it weren't for a very good showing by Chelsea's goalkeeper, Ville Caballero, I think Bayern München would have gone away to an early lead in this. But he really did some really important saves, one of which he, he pretty much snagged it from the foot of Lewandowski. Just, yeah. If he wasn't there, like yeah, it would have been a completely different game. And also, surprisingly as well, Chelsea got surprisingly many uh, attacks in this because they had a very high press when Bayern München passed the ball 
around their defensive line or when they just lost the ball. They had a very aggressive press and they actually made them win quite a few balls and a, a little like a little more luck in some areas and he would actually been able to chel- for Chelsea to take the lead as well. But it was definitely just counterattacks because it was Byron who had the ball. But uh, yeah, we went into halftime with nil-nil. But that would change pretty quickly in the start of second half. Because I think less than 10 minutes in, Lewandowski had given the ball to Nabri twice. And Bayern München were now 2-0 up. And those two goals, just, yeah, they knocked the, the wind out of Chelsea. In the end, Lewandowski would get his goal, now assisted from Nabri. So those two were <laughs> involved in all three goals. And it would finish 3-0. But, yeah, it was definitely that. Those two early goals in the in the half was what really beat Chelsea. The other thing, though, that was the difference, and you can see that watching this game, was that Chelsea really had difficulty finding players in space in offensive positions. They could get the ball there, but they had very, very hard to find their last pass to get a shot off. Bayern just found players all over the pitch in open spaces, enough taste to take a shot, find a pass, hit a cross. So, yeah, in that, there were definitely a different in class. But now, looking ahead of the next game, looking at the injury list, we have quite a few names to go through. So I hope you're ready. <laughs> Let's start off with the home team. And we're going to start off with Niklas Schule out with a crucial ligament rupture. Said to be day-to-day, but he's been out for a very long time, and I'm not actually sure how quickly he can be back. But yeah, it's what we found, so I'm going to say it. Moving on, we have Ivan Perisic out with an ankle injury, supposedly back in early March. So he might just be ready for this game. Actually, there's a big chance he will be. Later on, we have Robert Lewandowski out with a shin injury, uh, said to be late March. Uh, and so he's probably not going to be part of this game. We have Jerome Boateng out with a foot injury, unknown when he'll be back. The same is also said for Lucas Hernandez out with a tendon injury, also unknown. And lastly, we have Kingsley Coman with a hamstring injury, Surprise, supposedly only out for a few days. So he'd probably be back fit for fight for the return leg. Now it's time to move to Chelsea. <laughs> that was only one team. We're going to start off with N'Golo Kante out with a muscle injury back mid-March. So he might be ready, but it's going to be a stretch. The same thing is for Mateo Kovacic out with, the, out with an Achilles tendon injury also mid-March. We also have William, also the same injury, Achilles tendon injury, but it's supposed to have a 75% chance or so to actually play in this game. So we might see something of him. Then we have three more, which is all three unknown when they'll be ready. And it's Tammy Abraham with an ankle injury, Callum Hudson-Odoi with a hamstring injury, and Christian Pulisic with a tendon injury. So, yeah, a lot of injuries for both teams. And plus that, Chelsea also have two players suspended for this game. Both Jorginho and Marcus Alonso. Jorginho got 
yellow card in the game against Bayern and therefore didn't play. And Marcus Alonso actually got a straight red uh, in the uh, later later parts of the game. So, yeah. But now that's over, let's talk about predictions. Your turn. Yeah, let's get brutal on this. I'm actually going with Bayern Munich 2-0. to zero. So a total of five to zero against Chelsea. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely a class difference. So sad for Chelsea, but yeah. I'm gonna go with a three to one. Oh, you think Chelsea will score? Yes. Wow. They were so close many times in the first leg. And I just a little bit toe being just a little bit further forward, and I think there's a goal there. So, yeah, I'm gonna back them up. They're gonna grab a goal, but like six one, nowhere near. But at least they'll get one pass Neuer. Moving on to the last match for uh, the round of sixteen for, for leg one, Napoli versus Barcelona. And Bars, at no surprise, Barcelona was had a ball, had a ball, had a ball, but they could couldn't get anywhere for the beginning of the match, and that continued along. But in the 30 minutes on counter attack, Napoli scored one to zero. Mertens scored a goal, and really that continued for the whole first half. Barcelona had the ball, Napoli counter attacking. And Napoli didn't put one foot wrong in the defense at all. Then we come to the second half. And that continues for a while. But in the 57th minute, Antonio Griezmann scores 1-1 for Barcelona. And that was the first time in the match that Barcelona really had a chance at all. And then we continued. And... After the goal, Napoli was way more shaky. Barcelona actually got some chances, but the Napoli continued with the counter-attacks. But in the end of the match, Vidal did a really stupid tackle, and then he started putting his face against the other player's face, and actually almost headbutted him in a way, and got a second yellow card in the same sequence. That made it, made it a red one. And actually almost uh, refused to leave the pitch. The match continued like that, yeah, for the whole match, kind of, and ended 1-1. Actually, yeah, if you check uh, game-wise, maybe that wouldn't have been fair, but yeah, Napoli defended really well. And they, they deserve the point in that way. And if we move on to the return, the second leg for these teams, and check the injury list. We start with Barcelona. They have Luis Suarez, gone with a knee surgery. He's supposed to be back early May. They have, have Osama Dembele, the hamstring injury. He's supposed to be gone for the rest of the season. And we have Sergio Roberto with a groin injury, supposed to be back late March. We also have the suspensions for uh, Vidal after that yellow card incident in the last match. 
that it resulted in a red. And we have Sergio Busquets that has been suspended for too many yellow cards. Moving on to Napoli, we have Alex Manet gone, the unknown injury and an unknown return date. And we have Kadidu, excuse me for this one, Kaolivari, the hip injury is supposed to be back mid-March. So for the last time for this episode, what do you, f what do you think the match will end? Well, as you said, Napoli was really impressive defensively in the first leg. But I think that partly was because they were cheered on by their home supporters. And I think they're going to try their best again, but I don't think it'll be enough this time. I think Barcelona is going to win 2-1. to one. Yeah. I'm actually thinking Barcelona here also, but I'm going with a 3-1. to one. I think mm. Napoli's doomed, even if they did a heroic match in uh, on their home field defensively at least and they were really good at counter-attacking that's the mm. that's the only thing barcelona needs to be aware of the counter-attacking of napoli can hurt them yeah definitely yeah because they think that as long as they have the ball like they they can keep possession they will win but what happens if you move the team way too far up and lose possession against a team like Napoli. Then you have a real problem. Mm. But yeah, I, I also think Barcelona will move on to to the next round of this. Yeah, yeah so really it's yeah, it's two games where we don't agree who's going to go through. Yeah. So that's going to be interesting. Yeah, and of course, we might be wrong in every other game as well. So who knows? <laughs> I mean, but yeah, where we also agree on the score. Oh yeah, and well, there's two. two. Yeah, oh, yeah, it's two, two games. games. Both and Leipzig, Tottenham, and fun, Juventus, Leon. Funny enough, it's two zero in both. Yeah, that's. Uh, I don't know our favorite result. Exactly. <laughs> no. Might be because we have a lot of twos here. Yeah, I haven't seen that. Yeah, no, I've seen it. Yeah. I can see it right now. Yeah. <laughs> but that was all the matches for this episode, and we will be back for what is it? A quarterfinal, I believe it's yeah, called. Yeah, I think so. Really. <laughs> yeah, quarterfinal. Quarterfinals, and uh, yeah, it was fun recording this. I hope it was fun listening to this. That was all from us for this time. Bye. Bye.